0: Welcome to episode 76 of the Agile Coffee Podcast. My name is Vic Bonacci, and you can reach me on Twitter at Agile Coffee. You know, this past year, as you can tell by the frequency with which I've created these podcasts, <laughs> in other words, I haven't created too many, um, but this past year has been challenging, to say the least. For some of us, it's been more challenging than others, so I do want to acknowledge that. And, and I have to say that that myself, speaking personally, as a trainer, Um, primarily, at least that's what I do these days, is I I train classes, I've been able to switch relatively easily to a model where I'm teaching my classes online, as opposed to going to, um, going to a training venue. But for many people, you know, it was a big change, all of a sudden working remote, and we've covered that in some of our previous podcasts. I'd like today to just kind of spend some time sharing with you my thoughts on, on why gratitude is so important. And then you're going to hear a, a bit of a conversation where I was indeed face-to-face with my friends Lorraine Aguilar and Ben Rodaletz, two voices that you've surely heard on past episodes of the Agile Coffee podcast. So gratitude, why is it so important? And what's it got to do with the world of work? Well, in short, being grateful feels great. Appreciating what you have and who you're with gives orientation to your mind toward goodness, abundance, and opportunities. Petty frustrations just melt away, and adversity doesn't become overwhelming. It's like you have a superpower. (laughs) In her book, Coaching Agile Teams, Lisa Adkins tells the story of her colleague, an agile coach who has a daily practice of helping his wife get ready for work. She teaches elementary school and must be on time every day. His morning routine includes getting up before dawn to cook his wife's breakfast and help her on her way. He is a calm presence amid her morning of bustle and papers and projects. And he gives this service to her gratefully. This relaxes and grounds him so that he finds his center as she departs. It sets the tone for his day ahead, a day when he will find himself in service to the teams he coaches. When you work with people, whether coaching teams or interacting with just two or three other colleagues, keep in mind that we are all complex beings, inwardly looking, tempest-tossed by our emotions. A gratitude practice not only helps you calm your own seas, but it becomes a beacon to others, guiding them to a harbor safe from fear and anger. Now, before I go on, I'd like to acknowledge that the past 15 months have been hard. Many people faced severe disruptions to their careers and lives. I believe that being grateful for what we still have, no matter how seemingly small or insignificant, reduces discomfort and puts the gifts of living into a greater perspective. So now that I've described some of the benefits of gratitude and why this mindset is a powerful tool, I'd like to share a few appreciations of my own. Right off the bat, I want to recognize my wife and daughter, our house, freedom, and relative health. Fundamentals that I couldn't live without. I may have taken these for granted before, but I certainly don't want to overlook them. Next, I'm grateful for being able to stay connected, um, staying connected with family, uh, with friends, even with coworkers. And a lot of that staying connected had to do with the fact that technology is so robust these days, whether you're using Zoom or Teams or Skype or some other messaging technology uh, where you can see each other's faces, hear each other's voices in real time. That's been a tremendous gift. I think if we were um, maybe in this circumstance a decade ago, it would've been really hard to pull off something like that. Um, But nowadays, technology being what it is, it made that transition to being forced into this distance from each other uh, more easily accepted because we can just turn on a computer typically and see someone else, hear someone else, see their face, see their laughter on the other end of the screen. It's also allowed me to reconnect with myself in terms of having reflective moments and reflective sessions throughout the past several months. Another thing I'm grateful for is that it's it's given us a chance to slow down. It's led to a less hurried life in a lot of ways. I mean, certainly it's cut out a lot of driving and dealing with traffic and hurrying to get somewhere because everything was really on your computer, when we talk about work or phone or whatever it might have been, um, in that we are slowing down or we had the ability, the opportunity to slow down, that may have led to new routines. You know, suddenly, we, we were given time back to our schedule, to our lives, and we've filled that with um, with some creative outlets, whether it was cooking or gardening, maybe uh, getting into music or writing or journaling, whatever it might have been, hopefully the opportunity gave us uh, some outlet to creativity, to some positive habits that we might have built in. Uh, Previously, they may have been lost in the busyness. Another thing that I'm really grateful for is just the increased perspective, knowing that we are all part of a large and interconnected world. It makes, makes me realize that what I've got uh, in my own life in the micro sense is similar to what people all across the globe were going through in a macro sense. And that's really made me feel much more um, humble. I should say. And then finally, I think I could say that I was uh, very grateful for other people, people being able to to reach out and help me or me looking for ways that I could reach out and help someone else. Just overall, people were helping each other. And then I'll, I'll just tie up actually with uh, working from home and the idea of remote work itself. Although it's something I'm truly grateful for, I'm wondering, here we are, as we're going back to the offices, back to the workplaces, as restaurants and shops are opening back up again, um, are we going to continue working from home? What is the future of remote work going to look like? Is it going to be a uh, all back to the office or all stay home or some kind of a hybrid. It's still a little bit too early to tell, but my, my senses indicate that, uh, you know, we've, we've turned a corner and we're going to see a lot more employers in the next decade looking for opportunities where they can give their workforce the ability to, to work remotely, work from home, at least some of the time. Uh, So that's it for me. What do you have to say? Just let me know. Reach out uh, using the the hashtag TellAgileCoffee and uh, give me your thoughts on remote work or what you're grateful for. And now we're going to turn it over to the conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago with my friends Ben and Lorraine. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another fresh brew of Agile Coffee.
1: I'm in quantum space, so time doesn't matter.
0: I know, and that's the first thing I want to say is, like, <laughs> welcome to the Agile Coffee podcast. I don't know what episode this is. It's been so long, right? And what is time anyway? It's it's in the early to mid-70s. Is it the early to... Oh, in, in terms of the episode number, yes. not where my mind is in terms of, like... No, your mind is probably in your 90s. Yeah. <laughs> early, mid-70s. I mean, I was those were probably entering my formative years of life.
2: Yeah, it's interesting in, in what might have been changing, altering our minds in the mid-70s to what our mind will be like when we're in our 70s.
1: Ooh. Honestly, I don't know if the drugs of the 70s could alter minds as powerfully as the reality of the present moment. Not oh, actually. my gosh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know your altered. ages,
0: but
2: I'm probably the only one who really was... At an age to do damage to myself in the 70s, I would
0: think. Yeah, I didn't graduate high school until '86. So, but the 70s, like the music of the 70s, yes, calls to me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love music of the 70s.
1: You're the bad boy of the group. I graduated high school in '82, but I was too much of a goody-two-shoes to mess around. Oh no, I was extremely
2: straightforward. Math engineer. But I graduated from high school 10 or 15 years before you guys.
0: So we have Lorraine Aguilera. We have Ben Rodelitz joining me today. So thank you. And my name is Vic Bonacci. I'm your barista. I love to say that now. Because I've always wanted, have I told you lately, I wanted to open up a coffee shop and now I did. I would go there. Yeah, thank you. I am there. You are. You'll be there. What am I talking about? So it is the Agile Coffee podcast, but this is the first time we've done a podcast recording in like a year and a half, I want to say, that we're face-to-face. Why? Was there something going on? Anything? I don't know. I just kind of forgot. I forgot how to use the equipment even. Yeah. I've been so used to Zoom calls. Yeah. The good thing is I can use my 2020 calendar over and over again because it wasn't used.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> is this the official first post-vaccination
0: podcast it is now yes Ooh, thank you Vaxed and relaxed we'll <laughs> leave the rest up to imagination and we've got guacamole which is <laughs> oh, guacamole. tremendous um, I don't have any particular topic I just wanted to say hi and check in with you both and see how you're doing and we're okay. So here it is, like in May of 2021, just to set the record straight. And um, we've all been vaccinated, as Lorraine just indicated. And we're seeing each other again, which is wonderful. Um, so what's going on? <laughs> what what's changed? And to go back to Ben's question is, has something gone on?
2: Yeah, year? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it it, it, it was a weird. Mixture of freedom and and feeling confined, yeah. For me, you know, yeah. I mean, there was a certain level of, of being free in that there wasn't a place to go every day, there wasn't a fixed um, uh, agenda for the days. Even though I was working during that, th- there was enough flexibility and, and enough turmoil that we were able to kind of make it go as we go. And and yet. Th- and that worked. That was a dual-edged sword. You know, in some cases it was very freeing, but in other cases it was like, "Oh my gosh, how
0: long is this going to go on?" Going back to what we said earlier on the patio about constraints, yes. sometimes you need to have constraints in order to be more creative. And for me, anyway, to echo what you had just said, I've had a lot of freedom over the last year because I've been furloughed and <laughs> looking for work, but um, but in a good way. Um, but that that freedom has been. Um, like you just said, a double-edged sword, because I have i didn't have the constraints in which I used to work, yeah. which was really creative. But now I'm like, well, what is there if there's no fences keeping me in? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Well, also the differences. I, I mean, it would be good to hear from you again, Lorraine, about going into that time, you know, last March, April, and how you are now this April. I'm sure you're not where you thought you were going to be.
1: Not at all. I, I never thought I would savor a hug from friends mm. like I did today. Mm. I mean, to, to think that these simple things like the ability to even be in the same room together with masks off. Mm. Um, you don't know what you got till it's gone. To quote Joni Mitchell. John
0: Lennon, you don't know what you got till you lose it. Ah-ha!
1: And he probably stole that from Joni Mitchell. Probably let's did. have a, let's have a John Lennon versus Joni Mitchell fight, shall we? know <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They both rock. Throw
2: down. <laughs> Canada versus UK. Yeah.
1: And if you do want to, since, since we are talking about, you know, what has this COVID experience been like from not only an agile perspective, which is the ultimate test of agility, right? Yeah. Um, but just, just from a general life perspective, I mean, uh, there's so many lessons learned that we could probably film multiple podcasts. But it's so interesting, if I were to summarize it, it was this beautiful um, shedding Mm. of this original facade of just logic and ambition and just surrendering to reality and intuition. And what I mean by that is when the pandemic hit, my one big contract for this year was teaching in China <laughs> several right. several trips right and, and it's like guess what happened to that contract missed by you know. that much <laughs> and so I went to Mexico and just hold up for six months because yeah. it's like okay I can live well on the cheap there yeah. without feeling like I need to be finding work and hustling as the world contracts and and I will do what I've dreamed of doing for years which is writing a book ha 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 I had tremendous writer's block. I couldn't do anything with all that beautiful free time, ocean view, delicious tacos. <laughs> and still, I couldn't force myself to produce. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I let go of that external logic. Oh, I've got all this free time, therefore I will X, Y, Z. Letting go of that external ambition and logic and just surrendering... To the reality of the moment, which is, you know what, I think I just need to be still. Yeah. And that was the most empowering thing is just to allow myself to, to cocoon for six months. And I, I was telling uh, Vic uh, before you arrived that the, the best metaphor for what the COVID experience was for me, especially in, in Mexico, was a, a reboot. That, mm. you know, when you upgrade an operating system, you can't just start using that system right away. You need right. to reboot. And reboot, you need to kind of take... A, that takes the time mm-hmm. for it to start up again. Mm-hmm. And that's what Mexico was for me, is I couldn't force myself to stay productive. Right. I felt like on my cellular, almost DNA level, that there was something changing deep uh, inside of me on every level. And I just needed to be still to let that happen. In, in the way that the hungry, hungry caterpillar always eating... Needs to be still and dissolve into the cocoon. Wow! And I know this is some heavy. uh, Can I use the word shit on your podcast? Please. This is some heavy shit. Yeah. That's what it felt like.
2: And you know what? I think there's an extension to that too, because all of that was true, without guilt. Yes. You know. In fact, I think I have the name of our rock band, Pivot Without Guilt. (laughs) Um, That you that that you were able to because everything else was going so wacky was able to say you know what this isn't working I'm going to pull back I'm going to try something different I'm not going to worry about that and I'm not going to feel guilty about doing that
1: exactly because I was driving myself crazy beating myself up why am I not doing this right because I I was so used to being productive I even hired a writing coach so I can set external deadlines and and, you know that, that helped a little bit but in the end it's just surrendering to the reality, which is, you know, everything in my being right now just needs to be still.
2: We should all take time and, and, and write a paragraph on, thank goodness for the pandemic, because. Mm-hmm. Ooh. There was, you know, one thing
0: that's... just go around. How would you that, answer that?
2: One thing that struck me was appreciating quiet. I, mm-hmm. I was enthralled by being able to walk around my neighborhood and just how quiet it was. Uh... You know, walking in the street, um, but but because people, I don't know why there was no reason people wouldn't be driving. Maybe they weren't going to stores or weren't going to work. Right. But it was just within the city. We, you know, I live in a pretty congested area, and it was just so quiet. And I thought, well, I mean, there was. They actually read that the earth quieted down. Yeah. You know, the vibration of the earth actually got less because
0: fewer people were. I, I feel didn't. like a boss, like a, like a, like a, in the movie High Noon or something, just walking down the middle of the street. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <So> that's <laughs> that's different.
2: Oh, is that the not good, that, to good to the boss? that was the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you but, kick through the double doors.
2: Yeah,
0: but but there was there yeah. was music for High Noon that was yeah. iconic. What you said kind of appreciate us? stillness. You said appreciate quiet. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same thing because you could feel that you're not that you're not special because you're appreciating quiet yeah. and feel like guilty or shame or anything yeah. like that because of it. Because everyone else is doing the same thing. So it takes the pressure off you. You can yeah. like, have that exhale. And go,
2: yeah, People were also allowed to be depressed,
0: yeah. which yes. is something
2: most of us don't feel comfortable with and certainly don't admit to. But it was like, holy mackerel, everybody's depressed. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you used the, the
1: D word. Because I originally started calling the whole writer's block in Mexico a depression, a mini-depression, I called it. Because I wasn't feeling self-destructive or anything, but I just didn't want to do anything. And now, even though that could still be true from that frame, I am looking at it from another frame as it was a cocooning. Because I really do feel that even though it wasn't externally productive, I I do I can say very authentically, it was internally productive at a level that's not visible.
0: I like the term cocooning and you used it when we met last time, which was a little while ago now, but cocooning and to me, I'm thinking of other metaphors like a fallow field so it's this forced fallowness if I can like use that because if you're growing crops, you know, you want a field every now and then to not be productive so that it can reabsorb nutrients or whatever it is become more able to produce the next set of crops right we take our batteries out and we
2: don't use them we recharge them i mean physically we do that physically with batteries and nobody's judging the battery you're not doing what you're not doing anything yeah (laughs) you're not making an ionic exchange you're just sitting there
0: all by yourself getting stronger probably sulking well you mentioned earlier today that you look for like the end of a job where you can use all this stored up vacation. How many people in the world, not just Ben, but yeah. other people like have been working like up to 2020 that same model yeah. like okay, I'll use the vacation when I'm dead kind of thing. I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, right? And now it's like, nope, you got to use it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof, this is nice. Yeah, and I mean in and, and
2: my 2020 was fairly seamless in terms of work and and income I mean there was a, a little gap, but you do have to have an appreciation for I have that wherewithal other people are are struggling just day to day you know yes. it was first world problems yeah
1: yeah I would love to invite another round of I'm grateful for COVID because... I can see this as party game. Like You can keep doing this round mm-hmm. and round and, and get to different levels. And what
0: a great game this would be. Because truth. gratitude is just such a gift that we can give to ourselves to be grateful every day, find grateful, grat- things to be grateful for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, my friends, would you mind doing another round? I want
2: to hear what else sure. comes out of our mouths.
0: Would you like to kick us off?
2: Thank goodness for, okay. the, for, for the pandemic because... Uh, uh, Gratitude. Uh, The one
1: thing that I actually did do, and I did every single weekday faithfully, is I did a daily Instagram program where I shared a gratitude, shared a song, and invited anyone in the world to share their gratitudes. It's now, after one year, it evolved into a weekly program. But I I never thought I could do something so consistently and honestly, that practice of daily gratitude, it changed me. I did it as a gift to the world because when, when COVID hit and everyone was forced into remote work that didn't know how to re- work remotely or people lost their jobs, so all these people at home trying to say WTF, this was my gen- genuinely generous, like, how can I be benevolent? How can I help the world with something I've got, right? Right. So that's when I did that Instagram program. It was all about giving. And what I didn't realize that in my darkest moments in the Mexico depression dash cocoon, that that gratitude practice is what kept me going every day. I've never put on so much makeup in my life consistently or showered so consistently or combed my hair so consistently at a time that I probably would have stayed in bed.
2: Yeah. It was cute. A couple of them <laughs> started started before you were ready for them to start, and we can almost I could almost see you thinking, okay, okay. And then when you, when it was time to start, you there was the Lorraine that you see at the beginning. I mean, if you look at the you look at all of the little thumbnails, there's a, a common thread in the way you look at all of them. But when you play the when you play the video and a couple of those where it started a little before you were ready, it was very revealing. It was actually kind of nice. What did you
1: notice?
2: It was. Um, Uh, it wasn't not upbeat but it was uh, pensive Mm. there was a little bit of it was almost like you weren't it didn't seem like you were doing a breathing exercise but it was like yeah okay I'm almost ready
1: it's funny that you say that because halfway through it I started incorporating a breathing exercise into it with one deep collective breath because I realized how much I needed it a couple
0: little hair fluffs Yeah. yeah so what I'm hearing you say is like she didn't do any editing to it She'd no. hit start, you would hit start, and then it yeah. were all take very your time were, to like get into it, yeah, they were all very natural It was
2: a yeah. they were very uplifting
1: so so that's my other gratitude one of many what what about you Ben
2: outdoors I, was, I, I remember at the very beginning i felt like we were in the zombie apocalypse and walking outside. It was kind of scary in April, last April with my little paper mask and Oh, those people aren't wearing masks. Or, there's three people together. What's the matter with them? We're all going to die because of them. <laughs> but I made sure that I would try to get out. And then after that fear and everything went away, I still, every day, at least three, four, five, six, seven miles of walking, which when I had the freedom to do that, I would at five o'clock realize I'd been down in my home office the whole day you know, and living in Southern California and having very few excuses for not going outside. But it was almost like, oh, I gotta go outside. I gotta breathe fresh air today because of the pandemic. And I'll feel better if I do that. And there was no reason not to do that before, but it took this kind of wicked turn to, to make me appreciate that. And living very close to the water, it often meant going down and seeing the ocean or walking in the sand. And it was stuff that I've lived where I lived for decades and never did. Thank goodness for the pandemic. You became an outdoorsman. Yeah, I'm gonna start wearing flannel.
0: (laughs) As am I. Um, How about you, Vic? I think very similar. Ben, to what you had just said, being outdoors, and I'd probably always been a bit of an outdoors person. In fact, I'd never owned a home until about three years ago. So, first of all, very grateful to have a little bit more space than we had. Uh, When my daughter was born, we were living in a very tiny two bedroom apartment with a bit of a backyard, but not much to speak of. And now I've got a garden. And so for the last three years now, I've been gardening and learning about gardening. And gardening is a great metaphor for working with teams. You can't force that plant to grow up. You can only provide an environment and... Provide the nutrients, et, and it's going to do with the nutrients. whatever. So outdoors, but coupled with that, um, my wife has been walking like in the year or so leading up to it, she's been trying to find ways to incorporate exercise. So she's been walking and she'd been doing it without my daughter and I. And, and now she's like walking in our neighborhood. So every day she goes for a walk and like at 9am or something like that. And I vowed early on, anytime she asks me to go for a walk, I have to say yes. Kind of like the Jim Carrey, yes, man type of movie, right? (laughs) I cannot say no unless I'm engaged in some work activity, which is rare, but, um, um, yeah, thank goodness for the pandemic. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> really great. And just being around the family, yeah. you know, more often. I mean, thank goodness for the pandemic. My daughter's 14 years old, and we've grown really close in the last year, and we've always been close. But at this age, it's like I treasure that time with her so much. So,
1: yeah. L- let me ask you both, since you both shared uh, something in common about appreciating the outdoors how, since COVID, how has that changed you?
0: It let me be more who I am because I love being outdoors. In one of my bios, I can't remember which social media it says, I'm probably outdoors, which is true. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, gosh, I am outdoors right now. Whether it's in the garden or just wandering around outside in the backyard or the front yard. I've got a nice little garden in the front. I'll go drink my coffee and whatever on breaks. Um, It allowed me to be more aware of my neighbors, which is nice, you know. I actually, I worked about a
2: mile and a half from where I live and I would walk directly there, but I would walk home. This was eight years ago. I would walk home peer to peer, but I listened to books on tape. Mm. So I would walk on the, not on the sand, but on the, the walkway above it and listen to my books on tape and enjoy the view. And with this, I've started turning off the book on tape because there's that ocean out there that's making a wonderful set of sounds. And the thought that how many how how many times I had traversed that time and never heard the water, because I was listening to my to my book on tape. And it's, a, you know, I'll keep it in on my way there, but then while walking along the, the, the beach, uh, turning it off, taking it out, and, and listening to the sounds, and hear, hearing the kids laughing, or the birds chirping, or whatever. Uh, it, it just it, there was there was an insistence that I should pay more attention
0: and so listeners if you are paying attention if you want to hear the birds chirp you can tweet to us thank you uh, at Agile Coffee use the hashtag tell Agile Coffee and let us know what you've been through what are you grateful for for the pandemic And uh, until next time, enjoy your coffee with friends, knowing that we are grateful for you. And shout out to Chris and other patrons out there. Thanks for supporting the show. Coffee.